Longhorn Nation, a day we all knew was coming, but still we're not prepared for. Malik Murphy has entered the transfer portal. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, my thoughts on Malik Murphy entering the transfer portal. In the second segment, now Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning are quarterback one and quarterback two, respectively, at the University of Texas. What does the decision uh, by Malik Murphy to transfer mean for them? And in the last segment, we finally have the full 2024 schedule uh, games, dates, all of that. So even though I don't know what all the rosters will look like, my way too early schedule prediction for 2024, never too early for that. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there's a saying in college football, there's a saying that recruiting is not for the faint of heart, right? And it's not, <laughs> trust me, for sure, for the fans that don't follow recruiting. And I think that you know, there may be some peace or bliss that is associated with that, right? Because there's some fans, and I'm not, you know, saying that you're any less of a fan or anything like that. Of course not. But there are some fans who don't really get into all of the recruiting and all of that. They just show up on day one, look at who's on the team, you know, support the team. You know what I mean? And then a new batch of players comes in and they support that team and they just keep it moving, right? But the majority of us, we get caught in this trap of following recruiting, right? And we build these emotional attachments to these players that have to leave us at some point. And we're just all hoping that they're leaving after they've exhausted all of their eligibility, won awards at the University of Texas, won at the highest level at the University of Texas, and are now moving on to the NFL to represent the University of Texas. But of course, that's not always the case, right? And you start to follow these kids in, you know, their sophomore, you know, junior, senior uh, years of high school. And then you follow them when they get to the University of Texas and make plays. And like I said, at some point you have to say goodbye. And sometimes it gets even tougher, right? Sometimes those kids don't even make it to the University of Texas because you're following them and then they end up committing elsewhere, which is a shot to the heart, right? Or they end up, you know, committing and decommitting or transferring. And that's a shot to the heart. But I don't think any of them, at least in recent memory, have hit the way that Malik Murphy did, right? And the fans had such an emotional attachment to Malik and he was such a fan favorite. And I think partially it's because he reminded a lot of fans of Vince Young. Now, I know... So a couple of people smacked their lips. A couple of people like, what is he talking about? Obviously, he didn't play like Vince Young on the field. And obviously, he didn't accomplish <laughs> on the field at Texas what Vince Young did. But I think that just larger than life persona and that larger than life figure and personality that Vince Young represented, just the ability to make things happen, the ability to galvanize a locker room, the ability to get everybody in burnt orange and white to say, I want to follow Malik or I want to follow Vince. I think Malik Murphy had that. And I think so many people were excited to see him potentially, you know, bring that to fruition on the football field at the University of Texas. And unfortunately, based on what it looks like right now, that two game sample size that we saw him as a starter will be the only sample size we see Malik participate in at the University of Texas outside of some garbage time passes. But what a magical ride those two games were, right? What a magical ride the entire journey for Malik Murphy was. And I think Malik Murphy really embodied 
resilience, right? He really embodied knowing what's best for you and trusting in, in your journey and your story and what God has for you, not where everybody else wants to put you. I think Malik Murphy was such, not even was, is such a special player and, and such a special person. And it hurts, you know, that a forever Longhorn is moving on to, to you know, establish himself elsewhere at another school. And we won't see it get to benefit or materialize itself at the University of Texas because we knew Malik Murphy was special back in high school when he dealt with injury and, and, and dealt with COVID and all of that and dealt with losing his fifth star and dropping over a hundred spots in the rankings, even though he was still the same person and same uh, player and still had the same makeup. And then he goes out there as an underdog and wins the state championship while fracturing his foot. Right. But he carried that team to a state championship, even when he wasn't a hundred percent healthy. And then he comes to the university of Texas or he's coming to the university of Texas and Quinn Ewers commits to the University of Texas. And everybody says, oh, no, Malik, you can't go there. You'll never get a shot to play. You know, Quinn is the golden boy. He's making all of this money. You might want to decommit and go somewhere else. You'll never play at the University of Texas while Quinn is there. And Malik Murphy said, who are you to put your limitations on me? Who are you to tell me what my journey is? So he still comes to the University of Texas while everybody is telling him he has no chance to play here. I mean, they told Jalen Milrow that, and Jalen Milrow went to Alabama. Obviously, he made the right decision. But who were we or who are they to tell Malik Murphy what he wasn't capable of doing? So he comes to Texas, and he's hurt. He doesn't get to participate in the spring game. We don't get to see Malik. And Quinn Ewers gets hurt against Bama. Hudson Card is hobbled, and we start hearing about Charles Wright for the UTSA game. And we're like, hold up, Malik Murphy right there. Like, what's going on? And we find out that he injured himself again during the season. And so we did not get to see Malik Murphy at all in 2022. But then he comes out in the spring game when we're waiting to see Arch Manning for the first time. And we're waiting to see, you know, Quinn Ewers 2.0, right? The, the second year of Quinn Ewers. And Malik Murphy stole the show. And Malik Murphy looked like the best player on the field. And we said, that's what Malik Murphy could look like in this system under Steve Sarkeesian. That's why Malik Murphy stayed when everybody told him that he would never have a chance to play at the University of Texas. And that's the same scenario that happened when Quinn Ewers committed. The same scenario happened on June 23rd, 2022, when Arch Manning committed, right? People told Malik Murphy that he would not get the shot to play here, that he would never win a competition against Arch Manning. People told him there would never be a fair competition between him and Arch Manning and that he should move on and go elsewhere. And all he did was come out in the spring game and outplay Arch Manning and outplay Quinn Ewers given the circumstances. And this year, we went into the season as the backup quarterback. And we knew that Malik Murphy would be a really important piece for this football team because in Quinn Ewer's last two, and I guess this year made it three, three years of being a starting quarterback, he had not played a full season without getting hurt. And we thought that we would blow past teams like Rice and Wyoming and maybe some teams earlier in conference play. And we would get to see the full Malik Murphy experience. Even in garbage time, we would get to see Malik Murphy go out there and play at a high level. And we never really got to see that opportunity outside of, you know, a game where he had maybe like four or five passes. But then Quinn Ewers takes off against U of H and he gets hurt. And the Malik Murphy experience starts at the University of Texas. And he comes out against U of H in a tie game with the game in the balance. And, and Quinn Ewers not there. And he leads the team down the field on a game winning drive, right, to beat U of H. And then the defense came down and, you know, did their job. And we got out of there with the victory. And then Malik comes back the next week and he goes against BYU and we win that game by 29 points. Right. I think the, the score was 35 to six. 
And there were some mistakes. There were some growing pains. But you saw the talent and you saw the charisma and you saw the way that the team just rallied around him and how they were so excited for him to, to go out there and get his moment and not only get his moment, but immerse himself in it and take full advantage of it and go out there and beat BYU the way he did. And yeah, there were some interceptions, but let's talk about the touchdowns. Let's talk about the throws all over the field. And let's talk about the way that he utilized Adonai Mitchell and made him look like one of the best receivers in the country. And, and the way that he threw the ball all over the field and just the poise and the swagger he played with. And more importantly, he went out there and won the game in a scenario where if he lost one game, Texas likely would not have been in the college football playoff and definitely wouldn't have been in the, I mean, excuse me, likely wouldn't have been in the Big 12 championship game and definitely wouldn't have been in the college football playoff. That was what was on Malik Murphy's back when he went out there and started a football game for the first time ever in college and won that game by 29 points. And then he came back the next week and there were some more turnovers and he dealt with some more adversity against Kansas State. But all you can ever ask for, especially in this area of college football where one loss can derail your whole season, is to go out there and get a victory. And Malik Murphy, with some style points, went out there and got us a victory. And after that, he turned it back over to Quinn Ewers. And ultimately, we did not lose another football game. And ultimately, we ended up winning the Big 12 championship and in the college football playoff. And Malik Murphy deserves as much credit as anybody for helping Texas get to this point. Not just this year, not just the two games that he played on the field, but he has been in that locker room in this system for two years. Right. And he has helped contribute to this winning culture and this winning football program that you see before you that is slated to play on January 1st against Washington and the Sugar Bowl. And unfortunately, because of the timing and the transfer portal and so many talented quarterbacks out there trying to find a home, Malik Murphy has to enter himself in that hat. So he doesn't even get to finish the job of being able to you know, spend time with this team and practice with this team and go out there and be on the field with his guys who are out there trying to win a national championship because he has to do what's best for his future. But I'm just so grateful that Malik Murphy stayed at the University of Texas for two years when everybody told him that his best opportunity was elsewhere, when everybody told him that he didn't have an opportunity to play at the University of Texas because Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, he still got to start for two games for this Texas team in the biggest season and best season they've had in over a decade. And Malik Murphy will forever be a Longhorn. And if this team wins a national championship, he will forever be a national champion on this Texas Longhorns football team. And he has to do what's best for him and move on and go find other opportunities. And I'm just sad personally because I've been following him since high school and he's forever a Longhorn to me. And he forever meant so much to this 2023 version of this Texas Longhorns football team who is two games away from being national champions. Now, when you look at Malik Murphy, he's gotten interest from these schools since he's entered the portal, Georgia, South Carolina, USC, Duke, Oregon State, Baylor, and Syracuse amongst others. But I know wherever he goes, they are getting a special person and a special football player. And I cannot wait to watch forever Longhorn Malik Murphy at his next stop dominate in college football. A quick word from our sponsors. And what does the transfer of Malik mean for Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning? Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, 
theater and more with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And we all know with these ticket prices, 18% savings can be a lot. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So what do you need to do? Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Remember download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. There's still time to buy tickets for the sugar bowl and watch Texas and Washington in new Orleans in action. And if you're going to do that, make sure you use the game time app terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off download game time today. Last, minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so i would say at some point uh throughout the season i I can't really remember exactly when it was um but released towards the last like three four games of the season um we started to hear a lot of rumblings that quinn ewers potentially could return right i think we first uh really kind of heard it from inside texas and then i think orange bless came out and said he was leaning that way And then I think Pete Thamel came out and said that the decision had not been made. But I saw somewhere that it was 90 percent leaning towards uh, returning to the University of Texas. And I think that makes sense. Right. Um, I think that Quinn Ewers had a hell of a year. Obviously, it's still going, you know, with them playing in the Sugar Bowl and potentially for a national championship. And I think that, you know, Quinn Ewers showed a lot of improvement and development based on what we saw last season. Right. I think that was always the goal that he was going to have some groin pains as a redshirt freshman, but year two under Steve Sarkeesian, he would take that next step. And I certainly think Quinn Ewers took that next step and it culminated with the last game we saw him play, maybe his best game ever in the burnt orange and white, throwing the ball uh, 46 times uh, for over 400 yards in the uh, Big 12 championship game and tying the touchdown record with four. Um, He looks like a different quarterback than he did last year. But that doesn't mean that he necessarily is ready to play at a high level in the NFL or if NFL scouts and evaluators are looking at Quinn Ewers as if he is ready to be a franchise quarterback or play at a high level. And that's not to say that they aren't either. Right. They could be. But obviously, the intel that he's gotten thus far has him leaning towards returning to the University of Texas. Now, of course, anything could happen at this point. Um, He could go out and play the best two games of his life, and his stock could be so hot that he has to enter the NFL draft. And I guess at that point, that would just mean that, you know, Arch Manning is on deck uh, to start next year in the SEC. But I think the most likely option, and that's why we started to hear that smoke towards the end of the season, is that Quinn Ewers will play really well in the playoffs, and he will make the decision that it is better to come back next year improve, put really good football on tape and be one of the top quarterbacks in less of a quarterback draft than enter his name this year and be, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth amongst a bunch of Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, the list goes on and on. What point is there for Quinn Ewers to go out and be the sixth, seventh, or eighth best quarterback in the draft when he can come back next year, get paid handsomely to play at the University of Texas, play in the SEC, compete for a national championship again, right? Because you're already competing for a national championship this year. And now we're looking at Quinn Ewers the way we looked at him coming out of high school in his recruiting class, right? Next year in the 2025 NFL draft, he should be one of the two to three top quarterbacks taken. So it makes all the sense in the world for Quinn Ewers to come back to school. 
next year and improve on his draft stock and continue to improve and develop at the college football level before he goes to the NFL? Because I think if he comes back next year and performs like he did this year with you know some improvement in certain areas, he's a bona fide first round pick in the NFL draft in 2025. So it just makes all the sense in the world. And obviously Malik Murphy transferring all but confirms that Quinn Ewers has put out there that he's probably coming back to school next year. I think the other thing it means for Quinn Ewers, he was already quarterback one, so it doesn't mean a bunch, is he has to play smart. You know, like I said in the last second, the past three years that he was a starter for a football team, he's gotten hurt and missed games in some capacity. And we saw against U of H, right, that was something that he added to this game this year, being able to take off and pick up first downs with his legs. But that, you know, caused him to miss two games when he got hit. You know, even though he did most of the hitting in that U of H game, he was then out with the AC shoulder sprain or joint sprain, whatever it was. So I think moving forward now, it is a reality that you are one hit away in Texas is one bad hit to Quinn Ewers away from having to rely on, you know, Arch Manning in two of the biggest games in program history. So I think that, you know, obviously Steve Sarkeesian doesn't want to put Quinn Ewers on a leash and obviously he doesn't want to go out there and scare him and tell him, you know, not to be himself and not to play quarterback. But I do think Quinn Ewers has to have some type of responsibility and has to have some type of accountability to go out there and play smart and not put himself in harm's way. Because one, I just don't think that Texas can go out there and win a national championship without Quinn Ewers at the helm at this point. And two, we don't want to have to find out how good Arch Manning is right now, right in the two biggest games and two of the biggest games in program history so what Malik Murphy transferring means for Quinn Ewers is this is Quinn Ewers team in 2024 we've heard the rumblings but now we pretty much know that that's a lock that he will be the starter for Texas next year and that he has to play smart in these next two games or next game whatever it is um and you know keep himself healthy because like I said we are not ready to see the Arch Manning experience in the Sugar Bowl or the National Championship in 2023 slash 2024 and what this means for Arch Manning I think that it means that he has another year uh, to grow and develop under Steve Sarkeesian in this offense and now he is the de facto quarterback too um, when you look at the schedule next year you have games like uh, you know Colorado State and, and UTSA and you have some FBS schools um, that you're playing that you know really should not meet the level uh, really should not be on the same level as the University of Texas so hopefully if Quinn Ewers and company takes care of business Arch Manning can get in those games and get some game feel and you know really start to showcase himself at the University of Texas you also play you know SEC schools, SEC schools like Vanderbilt you know so just based on the way that Vanderbilt has played my entire life, right? If you take care of business, Arch Manning should be able to get in. So hopefully Arch Manning only plays next year when Quinn Ewers has a lead and is comfortable and out the game. But as we've seen the last three years of Quinn Ewers career, the backup better be ready. And Arch Manning certainly uh, will get some game action next, next year. And I think this means for Arch Manning that him and his family are taking the long approach at the University of Texas, right? Before the season, we kind of had this inkling that, you know, Quinn Ewers would start for one more year and then Arch Manning uh, would be the starter for two years. And then that's how things would move on at the University of Texas, or that would be the natural progression of quarterbacks at the University of Texas. But that plan has a wrench in it, right? Because now Quinn Ewers is going to be a three-year starter, most likely, um, at the University of Texas. And a lot of people thought that, oh, Arch Manning, number one, you know, recruit, one of the highest graded recruits of all time. No way he'll sit on the bench for two years at Texas. But now it looks like he's going to sit on the bench for two years at Texas and he's more focused on, um, you know, development and, and making sure he's ready to play and making sure he's ready to play at a high level than rushing to get out there just to say he's the starting quarterback. So now you're looking at 
by the time Arch is a starter in 2025, he should be ready to step in and be one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Because at that point, he's been at the University of Texas for two years. He's been in the system for two years and he sat behind Quinn Ewers for two years. And in 2025, he should be one of the best quarterbacks in college football because he already has the talent and the pedigree. And by that time, two years under Steve Sarkeesian, we should be ready to see not the finished product, but a product that's ready enough to go out and dominate the Southeastern Conference of football, just like his grandfather and his uncles did before him. So that's what Malik Murphy transferring means for Quinn Ewers. It means that he's more than likely returning in 2024, but he has to play smart in these next two games to make sure we don't have to see Arch Manning before we're ready to see him, right? In two of the biggest games in school history. And for Arch Manning, this means he's the de facto number two quarterback next year. This means that he will see some action next year as the backup quarterback. And he's always one hit away from the Arch Manning experience being a real thing at the University of Texas. But hopefully the Arch Manning experience starts for real in 2025. A quick word from our sponsors and then my way too early schedule prediction next year for the Texas Longhorns in their first season in the SEC. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks been staining me lately, but I still got to read this ad with some enthusiasm, you know, even though they're taking all of my money. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times with my money, even though that hasn't been a reality lately this football season. And now I can play during basketball season two, baseball season, college basketball, college football, whatever the sport is, you can go out there and win money on prize picks. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than on projected stats and place your entry. And with the basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can bet on LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at the same time at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made in receptions. There are so many creative ways to win money now on prize picks and prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app in the world so go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit matchup up to 100 prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to 100 that is daily fantasy sports made easy with prize picks All right. So we are now talking about the 2024 Texas schedule. It has finally been released. We have all of the games. We know where they are and we have uh, the time. So here we go. So our first game will be in Austin, Texas on August 31st. We don't have to wait till September in 2024 for Texas football. We will be playing Colorado State at home. That is a victory 
for Texas. We will see Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning in that game. Although Colorado State played Colorado really tough in that game that I watched up 2 a.m. this year. So I don't know. Maybe they'll come out there with some fight. Then you go on the road, right, to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and you play Michigan. And I think Texas will fare really well in that game, right? I think with Quinn Ewers as your starter, he's already gone on the road and slayed that dragon in Alabama and dealt with that type of environment. This won't be a night game, so I don't even think it'll be as crazy, even though Michigan, um, I think, has the biggest stadium in terms of capacity in college football. So a couple more thousand won't hurt. Like I said, he's already gone on the road and beaten Alabama. I think Texas matches up really well with Michigan and Steve Sarkeesian because he won't have to prepare much for Colorado State. Sorry if anybody from Colorado State is listening. Probably will spend a lot of time preparing for Michigan. And I think Steve Sarkeesian, with that much time on his hands, could come up with something crazy that Michigan won't be ready for. Then you come back to Austin and you play UTSA on September 14th. This is always the game that's right around my birthday, but it's two days before my birthday this year. Uh, But Texas will beat UTSA at home. Hopefully, um, Arch Manning plays in that game as well. Then the next week, you stay at home and you play ULM at home. That should be a victory for the Texas Longhorns. And I expect to see Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning in that game. On September 28th, you play against Mississippi State. Uh, That'll be likely Jeff Levy's first conference game as head coach, maybe, potentially. Uh, But either way, you'll be facing off against Jeff Levy. So I expect to see some explosive offense in DKR between both schools. Uh, But Michigan State as a program shouldn't be at the level where they should be able to beat Texas. Then you got Red River. looks like after a bye on October 12th in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. I'll never pick Oklahoma to beat Texas. I'll gladly be wrong if they do. Texas wins that game and gets revenge in the Red River, right? Then you play Georgia on October 19th at home. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be fun. I'm absolutely not picking it, right? Then you go on the road October 26th to Nashville, Tennessee to play Vanderbilt. Nashville is fun. Maybe the team will get distracted a little bit, but they'll get out of there with the victory. But believe that, right? And hopefully Arch Manning gets to play in Tennessee, right? Then on November 9th, you're part of a brutal schedule for Florida at the end, but I think you take care of business against Florida. Billy Napier, uh, you know, something's going on down there in Florida and it's not good. Right. And Texas is on the way up and Florida is just steel. Right. They're just steel. <laughs> like if you see snow on the bluff. So Texas should get a victory against Florida on November 9th at home. Then you got to travel to Arkansas. Right. That tough environment. Y'all remember that game from 2021? It's going to be tough again, regardless of the talent level of both teams. We'll see what happens November 16th in Fayetteville at Arkansas. But Texas certainly will be the more talented team. I'm just not sure it'll matter in a place like that where it's going to be a dogfight. Then your last home game of the season against Kentucky in Austin on November 23rd. And then on the road, a rivalry renewed at A&M and Kyle Field November 30th. Can't wait for that game. So when I'm looking at this schedule way too early, I'm going to say way too early. This doesn't mean anything and I have the right to change it that Texas in their first year in the SEC with that schedule will go 10-2 and and make the 12-team playoff and still be competing for a conference championship and a national championship next year in their first year in the SEC. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And best of luck to Malik Murphy once again, forever Longhorn. Cannot wait to see him at his next stop in college football. Hook him and peace.